of your eye, huddled in the darkest shadows of imagination, it waits. Now is the time to face the fear. Welcome to Horror Lasagna. Embrace the trepidation. Season two, Grabbers, which is a wonderful title, I must say. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, and compared with our last film, it's a great departure, which really should surprise no one. Right. Yeah. We bounce around a bit. Yeah. Um, Grabbers uh, is kind of a horror comedy. Um, I classify it into one of two two versions it's it's a horror comedy but it's also definitely a monster movie yeah it, it, i it was like light horror light comedy it's kind of a cross between cloverfield and tremors right yeah that's a really good analogy um it was made in 2012 it was a collaboration between the irish republic of ireland and the uh uk which um at first i was like that's a really odd collaboration but when you watch through the entire credits um, it's Northern Ireland. So it's Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland working together. But Northern Ireland is technically part of the United Kingdom. Right. So that's where the money for this came yeah, from. Yeah, I, I, I made the comment and said, oh, uh, another national lottery film. <laughs> we mm -hmm. seem to pick those. We do. And it was a really um, this good one. I, I, mean, I was very impressed. It looked, if you wouldn't have told me it was filmed in ireland i mean i know everybody in it was pretty much irish but it, i would have said oh this looks like any other big hollywood production it really did yep that's pretty impressed. Yep. um this was written by a gay a guy this was written by a guy named kevin lahane um and it was directed by john wright not right john wright. john yeah, not John Wrong. John Wright has like 14 different titles to his name as a director, and it's some television, some shorts, a couple of movies, none of which you're going to know. Okay. <laughs> um, and you're going to hear that a lot when I'm doing the cast rundown here. Um, Richard Coyle plays Garda Kieran O'Shea. Um, he is in the upcoming Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore. So he'll is be that in that. coming out? <laughs> Who knows? Five years? <laughs> Um, he was in Prince of Persia. Okay. Um, and he was a voiceover artist for uh, the Fable video games. Oh, okay. And we all know that around here. He also has uh, all kinds of television and movies. He's got 56 credits to his name. Uh, but again, you know, you're not going to know too many of them. Ruth Bradley uh, plays Garda Lisa Noland. And um, if you're not familiar with the terminology, Garda is Irish for a policeman. I figured that out, and I was like, oh, I never knew that the yep. title. But I was like, okay, so I did learn something today. There you go. Uh, you actually probably learned more than you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not hard. <laughs> uh, Ruth Bradley uh, has been in the ridiculously popular, which I've yet to see, Ted Lasso. Oh, okay. I don't know who she plays in that, but she was in um, a compilation horror movie that I really enjoyed called um, Holidays. And it's like four or five different shorts, and each one is based on a different holiday. And okay. she, of course, is the St. Patrick's Day episode in that one. Yeah, I did uh, notice the lack of uh, leprechauns in this movie. <laughs> yes. Yes, because all the leprechauns came to America. If you've ever seen any of the leprechaun movies, they all take place here. Or, or if you watched American Gods, uh, all the leprechauns are like six and a half foot tall and beat you up in a pub. That sounds about right. Which She's got 42. Sorry, if you've never read American Gods by Gaiman, you should read. You'd love it. I should. I'm a big Neil Gaiman fan. Um, so, yeah, and that like brings up the whole sand band stuff and yeah i don't want to get into that right now yeah, but those are totally different things yeah our movie now <laughs> yes 
Uh, she's been in 42 different shows. Um, some of them are actually in Gaelic, which, you know, you might think, oh, someone from Ireland speaking Gaelic, not a big deal. It actually is. Not everybody there does, and certainly not well enough to speak it in a, in a film production of any kind. Um, there's a character in here by the name of Paddy, Paddy Barrett, and he is played by Lalor Roddy, um, who has been in 92 different things. Tell me he was in uh, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. No. Oh, I could have swore he was in that one. He's Yeah, that's a little racist, dude. Well, no, that was, uh, it was leprechauns. <laughs> I mean, they were all speaking Irish. Uh, he, um, the vast majority of what he's been in, you've not seen, but he was in Game of Thrones. Oh, cool. So, I, I, his character, I was going to say, uh, any Irish based movie, you always have that character. I mean, he's like almost the stereotype pub uh, in town character. Yes, uh, the, the crawling, pseudo functional drunk. You're right. Fisherman. Fisherman, yes. Um, and then uh, the guy who you're most likely to know is a guy named Russell Tovey, and he plays Dr. Adam Smith. Um, he's British, uh, and they make fun of him because of it in the movie, basically. Yeah. <laughs> he's been in 89 different shows, um, including the Tale of Dorian Gray. He's been in Supergirl. He was in Legends of Tomorrow and The Flash. Okay, that's why I recognized him. Mm-hmm. The Good Liar, Muppets Most Wanted. He's been on Sherlock, on Doctor Who, uh, Miss Marple, Poirot. The guy's been around for yeah. as young as he is. Yeah, yeah. He's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, the show got 11 uh, nominations for awards internationally. Um, three of them they won for um, uh, John Wright for his direction. And uh, one of them, Ruth Bradley, uh, won for her acting. Especially when she gets drunk later. Yes. Uh, this was a four million pound budget for this film. Wow. And it grossed four hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars. <laughs> so, uh, it took a bit of a beating, but that's that's a kind of weird because I, I enjoyed the film and the movie and the way it looked, and I was really impressed uh, overall with the special effects. Uh, I don't know if it was yeah. practical or CG or a combination, but the monsters looked really good. I mean, like J.J. Abrams and Cloverfield, good, which is why I yeah. was thinking about that. And they don't, I think part of it is they don't overdo it. You know, it's not the monster in every other scene. Uh, right. I loved it, you know, because of that. Yeah. Um, this was shot uh, in County Donegal near uh, Inishowen, which if you're familiar with Ireland, is in the northwest corner of the country. Uh, the Irish Republic is the southern part of Ireland, and then it wraps around on the west side, and that's Donegal. And then Northern Ireland is right next to it. Uh, some of the areas were shot in Northern Ireland, around Moyle and Rathlin Island, but I think the majority of it was shot in Donegal. This movie has all kinds of nods to classic horror sci-fi monster films yeah. throughout the entire movie. Yeah. And so we'll be po pointing those out as we go along. It's almost a, a tongue-in-cheek parody of itself in some ways. Which, you know, it is. Tremors was like that too. At, at my very last note that I have on this whole thing um, is that this movie is a love note to monster movies of the past. The guy really just, yeah. you can tell from the way that he's placed things in here and all the different references he puts in there. He really enjoyed monster movies himself. Yeah, it could definitely fit into one of those Midnight Hammer, House of Horrors, or a, uh, 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 Roger Corman, you know, yeah. marathon. Maybe you could do with a few more beheadings if they're going to go that route, but yeah. Not too many more. <laughs> um, so Lehane, the writer came up with a concept while he was backpacking um, near the equator. And he was contemplating this urban legend that mosquitoes don't like people who eat Marmite. The high vitamin B in the Marmite makes the mosquitoes don't like it. Huh. So he was wondering if you're drunk and a mosquito bites you, does the alcohol affect the mosquito? 
And that was the seed from which he made this movie. Excellent. That's some of the best stuff right there. Yeah. Stories are made. Uh, the production for this was actually very difficult because they shot it um, in the winter. And that was the worst winter Ireland had seen in over a hundred years. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so it was super cold, super windy, precipitating constantly. Wright took Bradley and Coyle out before shooting and filmed them getting drunk and being drunk and then showed them the footage back, which the actors used <laughs> to methodize how they acted so, in this movie. Oh my God, yes. that's excellent. Because I've heard of actors mm-hmm. who are doing a, you know, a switching body thing where they you know, work on acting like each other. This is great. You're acting like yourself. I love yes. that. This is the Irish equivalent of a Marvel movie where you like drink a lot of water and then dehydrate yourself so you get shredded. Here you're going to just drink a lot of whiskey and then take a look at yourself and then they go, okay, that's what I do. And I love that, you know, the the approach to acting in Ireland as well. First, you have to get drunk. That's like step one. (laughs) Step one. Yes. Uh, That's pretty much the production notes. There's not a whole lot of production notes on this. And I think it's mostly because... it did not have this massive release. Right. So um, we could just go on yeah. with and, the. And overall, like you were saying, it, it's a, it's a monster movie. It's a really good monster movie. There is nothing outrageously exceptional about it. It's a good solid monster movie, you know, and it, it's like a lot of the monster movies that are out there that we've seen, but a little bit better filming and quality wise looking wise. You know, so if you like those type of movies, this is a good one. Yeah, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, there was a time, two, maybe three years ago, Shannon and I were actually looking at purchasing property in Donegal. So I had done a whole lot of like research into the area and all this stuff. And seeing it, you know, not as a still photograph on like some property site, but, you know, people walking through it was, you know, really pleasant for me. So... Uh, the movie opens with an aerial shot of the Celtic Sea, and you see the shooting star falling into the atmosphere, as all good sci-fi horror movies <laughs> should start. It's going to come down somewhere near Cork, which is on the south side of Ireland, which I found really interesting because they filmed it on the complete opposite side of the island for <laughs> some reason. Production value, probably. Um, the sea waves it, look better. <laughs> You know, I honestly think it's because uh, Northern Ireland and the county surrounding it, probably the cost of filming there is a lot cheaper than in the South. I I guess when you get down towards Dublin and, and, you know, further South from there, it gets more expensive. But it also could have just been that they're like, you know what? Nobody has like the kind of coast we're looking for, except for way up here tucked in the North. Who knows? (laughs) Uh, the camera then cuts to uh, some fishermen on the deck of a small trawler and they see this object impact in the sea and they're calling it into the Irish Coast Guard and they're like, it's a signal flare. And the one guy's like, I don't think it was. So they head over to where it's at and this one guy's got a flashlight looking for debris, survivors. And then he promptly goes missing right over the rail. And then the skipper goes out to find him only to end up killed and the last of the crew, who happens to be the skipper's stud, goes out and guess what? He dies too. Yeah. And it's one of those, you know, it's a monster from space, you know, that whatever, but they don't show it. They, they should just a brief right. little tentacle and, you know, nothing else. So that's always good. Always fun. <laughs> and then just to add a little authenticity to it, when the captain is killed, uh, they use the Wilhelm scream when he dies. I- <laughs> I noticed that. Yeah. Which, <laughs> Even over in Ireland. <laughs> yes. And if you're not familiar, the Wilhelm scream was a guy, a character named Wilhelm in a Western back in the fifties who was shot with an arrow and that was his scream. And it's been used in everything. It, it, Star Wars stormtroopers in the, the oh. Death Star when they go over. And just... <laughs> Spielberg seems to love it. It's in so many Raiders, the lost Ark yeah. things. I mean, it is everywhere but i thought it was really cool you know that little nod um so 
from there the camera pans out and you see the ship on the left side of the screen and then you see the sleepy little irish town with the lights on the right so you can kind of draw a line between oh here's the first victims here's the next set then we have uh this scene and this is going to happen a lot you're going to get contrasts between um Kaylin O'Shea and uh, Elizabeth Nolan, the two the two police officers, because they're very different, mm. and that's how it starts. It starts with O'Shea on his couch, obviously hungover. There's alcohol bottles all around him, as opposed to Garda Nolan, who is on the ferry, bright and early, looking majestically at the the land she's coming to. She's checking her hat, making sure everything's all buttoned up and perfect. And O'Shea is pulling a half empty bottle out of the trash and downing that before he decides to go out and get in his car. It could have been a lethal weapon movie right there. It could have. Yes. <laughs> if uh, Danny Glover and Mel Gibson fell in love at the end. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's not quite lethal weapon, but it's a tip. It seems like a typical cop thing. You got the two, yes. the good cop, bad cop thing. Yeah. And the rookie that's all peppy. Yeah. Right. Again, again, uh, there's nothing in the movie that we haven't seen before. It's just done really well and nice, smooth. You know, it takes a lot from other things. And I think for some reason, the way they do it, it feels like an homage, mm -hmm. not a stereotype. Right. And I think because the humor was very light, it wasn't like mm -hmm. as chuckly. Not as over the suck. top. Yeah. Right. Uh, yes. And if it had been more over the top, it, it all would have felt like more of a parody. Uh, so I can right. definitely see that. Yeah. Uh, she comes in. She's on a ferry. The name of the ferry is the Canna. I was trying to see if there was any kind of significance to that. The Canna is actually a lily. Um, and it really doesn't have a whole lot of significance aside from the fact that it's a very popular landscape. I think the only thing you could possibly, if you really want to stretch it, Canna lilies working at, in landscaping for so long, Canna lilies will continue to bloom for as long as you keep cutting them. Hmm. so um they're they are very they propagate very easily as long as they're well cared for do they need lots of water they'll do better oh, okay. with a lot of water and sunlight it may have just been the canna was the only boat they could get for the price <laughs> yeah right that's what i said i'm, I'm kind of stretching on that yeah <laughs> um but the ferry lands and there's tons of people getting off the ferry and just a few i mean there's tons of people leaving the island and just a few people getting off the ferry onto the island including um garda nolan there is a welcome to Erin island sign that she stops and she's pulling out this map to look at uh i honestly think the whole scene with the map is just a to get her from the landing base to the car and also to draw attention to the fact that the Welcome to Aaron Island sign is an exact replica of the Welcome to Amity sign in Jaws. Yes, I, I was going to mention that. Yeah. So that yeah, right it, there, it's those are the things that are funny and humorous throughout the movie in their background and very, very subtle. They're not in your yes. face over the top. Right. Uh, she drops the map and it goes fluttering away and she puts her foot on it and stops it and looks up and there is Garda O'Shea in his car looking miserable. <laughs> she very cheerily introduces herself to him and he's like, Ugh. <laughs> the last thing he wants to see is Miss Chipper and Bright in the morning. She's like, I've got a bag. He's like, put it in the boot. So he's not getting out of the car. He's not giving her a hand. Mr. His hospitality. Yeah. <laughs> so she climbs into the car with him and off they go. As they're riding along, uh, he's sitting there having your typical kind of hangover pains and things, including the occasional burp. And she can obviously smell the alcohol in his breath and she offers him a mint. And he's like, no, no, thanks. <laughs> so, yeah, he's pretty well set in his ways. She's he, pretty well this offended could have been by played it. by Nick Nolte. Who I oh, yeah. Picture. Yeah. Yeah. Legitimately. He wouldn't have had to act. <laughs> I would have enjoyed it. Um, 
so their car drives off through the scenery and the camera goes on to show you more of the absolute stunning scenery there as this guy is walking along it turns out he's the town doctor you find out later but he's out walking his dog and he gets to the beach and there's just pilot whales dead all along the beach and uh he seems distressed by this as you know yeah who wouldn't you, you should be uh, then the Gardai, Gardai is plural for Garda. Oh. The Gardai arrive Gardises. at the police station. Gardises, yes. And walk in and we find out why uh, Garda Nolan is there. It turns out that the head of the police is going away on vacation for two weeks. And she is there just to fill in so that there's not just O'Shea. Because let's face it, <laughs> just O'Shea is probably not going to cut it. This becomes an issue because O'Shea and the chief like have words over it. And he's like, you didn't have to bring her. And he's like, yeah, I did. But just to show you how rude he is, she comes in, she meets the captain. She's all bubbly. They're happy to see each other. He shows her where to sit. And uh, O'Shea is like, oh, coffee. And she's like, oh, great. I'd love some. Pulls out her own cup out of nowhere, hands it to him. So he's filling it up and he's like milk. And she's like, what kind? And he rolls his eyes and he's like, cow. And she's like, no, just black, thanks. So then he just absolutely fills it to the top with milk and gives it back to her. Which is kind of a nice way of saying, you know, F you. Uh, Then we get this scene where we're out on the docks. And there's two gentlemen on the docks. And they're lobstermen. They're pulling in their traps. And one of them is Patty. And just looking at Patty, you can be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to bet that he's altered right now while he's here pulling lobsters out. He finds something in his trap, which is not a lobster. And it sprays water all over the other guy's face. Patty thinks it's hilarious. He doesn't know what it is. He's curious. So he picks up the trap and uh, takes it with him. Yeah, uh, like you would. Yeah. Obviously, uh, he didn't see the meteor. <laughs> yes, he must not have seen the meteor. I, I don't know if it would have made a whole lot of difference if he had, really. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's none of these type of movies that it would have ever made a difference. Yeah, that's true. Oh, we cut to O'Shea and um, Nolan in the car, and they're driving along. And I have this thing in my notes that just keeps repeating. I'm like, odd couple. And like every time it's like odd couple in car, odd couple in car, odd couple in the bar. And that's exactly what these are. They're two completely opposite people. Yeah, she's it, all up. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say she's all upbeat and talkative and he is not. It's, it's an extreme stereotype for movies. You know, I mean, there's no subtlety to the personalities. It's boom, big right on each end they are proudly representing their groups (laughs) there is a hint of foreshadow in their conversation in this section of the car because uh, she's from dublin and she's seen all this stuff and he's like well you're not going to see any of that here this is slow as shite (laughs) and you know (laughs) that's what you say now come back in a half an hour so they uh, got called out to the beach where there's all these pilot whales. And we are now introduced to the young doctor who is obviously very interested in Garda Nolan. Um, O'Shea is not overly impressed with the fact that the fancy English doctor uh, is interested in her. And he, he kind of goes out of his way to make O'Shea seem a little stupid a couple times with his little snarky comments. So he says that the pilot whales died out at sea and just washed up on the shore. And they had these giant slices in them. And he's like, that was probably the rocks as they were rolling in on the surf. But O'Shea's got this weird feeling about it. And he's standing there just staring out into out at the sea, which, you know, if that's not reminiscent of the police chief from Jaws, <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, what is, but... And considering he's basically a drunk alcoholic and that he suddenly gets this cop instinct and that, that cop look, it's kind of like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they're off in the car. We're doing another little odd couple bit where they're going along and he does this really cute joke where he holds his hand with his fingers upright and he's like, what's this? And she's like, 
I don't know. And he's like, a dead one of these and turns his fingers over and wiggles them. And she's like, I don't get it. (laughs) And he tries again. And she's just like, whoop, nope, right over my head. I don't get it. Then uh, we end up at a quarry. And there's a couple interesting things that happen here at the quarry. They They interject the quarry scene with shots of Patty and his new pet. But we'll do the quarry scene first mm-hmm. and then talk about the shots with Patty. Uh, the first thing is they get out and in the mud and no one's upset that her boots are muddy. And these guys are over leaning on the side and they see her and they're kind of laughing. And one of them whistles at her and she's like all offended. And she takes out her pad and walks over and she's like, okay, what's your name? And in typical Irish prank fashion, the guy spits out like, 30 syllables of Gaelic. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, okay, as you were. And they laugh because, you know, what, she was going to write that down. The other thing that's really interesting, the other two interesting things that happen here is there's this whole tradition, and it's a small town thing. It's not just Irish, but there's this whole tradition of owing each other favors. And so the owner of the quarry obviously owes O'Shea a favor. And O'Shea is like, I want you to go down to the beach and I want you to pick up these whales and get rid of them. So, you know, it's off my plate and this is done. It's like an hour's work, no big deal. The other funny part is, is that while he's talking to him, Nolan is in the background and she's like looking at him. She's like pissed because this conversation is happening at low breath. And then he stops and he'll look over at her and she stares off in the distance. And then he goes back to his conversation and then she stares daggers at him again. Right. Which is just, you know, really funny how they set the whole thing up. Now, in the middle of this whole scene, Patty um, is home with his lobster trap. He's filling his bathtub and he's going to put the lobster in it. What a good idea. (laughs) I don't understand why in so many of these movies... If you have some monster or something going on, the guys put on a welding mask. <laughs> maybe, you can't see shit in a welding mask. It was mask. an homage again because that's a typical <laughs> common thing. I thought putting it in the bathtub was pretty. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. And and I love the trap too. It's not like a modern bot trap. It's oh, no. Like it's handmade and falling apart. <laughs> old man lobster trap. Yeah. Uh, so he's got that the deal is made between O'Shea and the guys at the quarry. The guys at the quarry come down with a bunch of gear, throw the whales up onto the trucks. One of the guys forgets uh, his shovel at the beach and his boss is like, Hey, don't leave your crap liner on, go pick it up. So the guy walks back and he finds this like six inch transparent orb buried in the sand he's like oh what's this and he like digs it up and he's holding it looking at it and bam your first jump scare as the guy's just flattened down onto the sand and something's got his leg and it's pulling him out into the ocean again they haven't really shown anything yet so right you don't even see the tentacle when that happens yeah. you but just see get, the guy getting drug away it helps keep the production down because you don't have to pay for that <laughs> in the shot that's true it's just a cable <laughs> right now his boss is like, where the heck is that guy? And he leaves his car and wanders off of this flashlight looking for him. And he can't, he sees the shovel, but he can't find the guy. And they leave it at that. They don't say anything else. Just the guy walks off and he's looking at it. See, and he's like, where'd my guy go? And then they cut to O'Shea at the pub. My big question is, what did they do with the whales? I wondered that too. Where are they putting they them load on them this on- island? <laughs> Dumping them in a hole in the quarry, because or a, a bake out Saturday night whale burgers. Ew. Well, yeah. You know. uh, so O'Shea is in the pub, looking miserable. I think it's really funny that he's sitting at one end of the pub and Patty's sitting with him. You know, like the two of them hang out all the time. Right, you can see that. Considering how much alcohol they both drank, it kind of <laughs> makes sense, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, then Nolan shows up and she wants an iron, which of course the pub owner has behind the bar. Gets well, him, gets her an her 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 apartment's like upstairs above the pub, isn't it? Correct. So yeah, he's like the landlord. So you know, I've yep. gone down to the desk and got a toothbrush. 
So. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. Nice of them to give it to you. Yeah. It sucked, but. So, <laughs> she comes down and gets the iron and the guy like tells her, you know, it's hot. Keep it moving <laughs> in case she doesn't know how to use an iron. His wife comes out and starts talking to O'Shea and um, she is like this super nosy kind of lady who is trying to hook O'Shea up with this new person who's out there. But uh, O'Shea is kind of like, yeah, nothing's going to happen there. This is obviously a local pub. And you can tell because the policeman sitting right next to this drunken lobsterman and the barmaid who's standing there just throwing out advice to him on relationships. <laughs> Patty, on the other hand, can't keep the secret. And he's like, I know something you don't. And Kieran's like, oh, what's that, Patty? And he's like, he's like, I got a sea monster. It's in my bathtub. <laughs> and Kieran's like, okay, whatever, buddy. It, it's a really entertaining interaction between the two of them. And it's even better that he just came out and told him about it. And then that he doesn't believe him. Right. So Kieran's leaving. He gets up to leave the bar and uh, the bartender says something. And Patty's like, he called Joe Bullock's. And then the bartender bans Patty's like, come on. I was just joking, you know, cause who wants to get kicked out of their favorite? He says the wrong things all the time throughout the movie. He does. <laughs> Probably the only bar. Now I think about it. Now the guy he was fishing with is at home sitting on his chair watching TV and he's watching Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead. His <laughs> wife's upstairs in a robe. She's uh, blowing her hair dry. There's a knock on the door. He's like, hey, go get that. And she's like, I'm in my robe, you moron. You go get it. <laughs> He gets up to go get it and looks out and it's the guy from the quarry and he's standing there with his hands up and he's like all wobbly. And so he just assumes he's drunk and dancing for some strange reason. Yeah. Like this is an accepted common thing almost. But for those of us who know, we realize now that this monster that seems to be in the water is actually probably pretty smart it's using the corpse of this guy as a lure to try and get people to come out. Yeah, it was brilliant. And sure enough, the one guy does go out and then disappears. And then his wife's like freaking out, running around. She runs over to the chimney and gets sucked up the chimney, leaving her slippers there at the base of the fireplace. And, and did the very typical, it's halfway up the chimney and then her feet go. I mean, you know, it's like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, O'Shea shows up at uh, Nolan's door, which is, you know, a bad idea considering how much I'm sure he's had to drink for the evening. <laughs> There's more conversation between the two of them to highlight how different they are. He knocks a bunch of crap off of her desk. He's completely hammered. She's like, how are you getting home? And he kind of falls asleep right on her door jam. Yeah. Patty, on the other hand, throws on the old welding mask and goes back to the bathroom and uh, there's nothing in the trap. And he's like, where'd it go? And he's looking around and he takes his mask off and he's looking around and there's slime on the mirror. Then he looks up and in the corner is just this writhing mass of like teal tentacles. Yeah. And, and he doesn't run. He just he doesn't run screaming out. Right. Yeah, and it looks really good. I mean, it doesn't look like bad CG, and it doesn't look like bad rubber tentacles. It's some, I don't know, whatever they did. They did really good. I loved it. Yeah. While he's looking at it, this thing comes rocketing out and hits him in the neck. And then he, like, grabs his neck, and the thing falls off the wall where it's hanging, and he starts stomping on it. Oh, yeah, they love to stomp everything. They do. They stomp <laughs> the hell out of everything. The follow. Oh, so um, Wright was saying that when he was designing these, he based the design of the smaller one on the facehuggers from Alien. Okay. So there's there's that kind of little nod right there. In the morning, Lisa's down there 
getting ready to leave. She's talking and the barmaid is there and she's pushing Kieran to Lisa, you know, like he, he's a great guy and, you know, especially he's a widower, his wife died. And she's like, Oh, he never mentioned anything about that. And, uh, she's like, Oh, he wouldn't. He's very private. <laughs> okay. The, the whole romance subplot is a little forced in there and it's like, they don't do a whole lot and then suddenly it's evolved. So it's kind of yeah. like, whatever. Yeah. It moves fast. Yeah. It might, maybe that was part of the tongue in cheekness too, you know, could be fun of that type of thing. So. He wakes up uh, in the drunk tank. Cause that's where she put him. Cause he doesn't know where he lived and he passed out in the hallway and they get called off to go see the scientist. The young British scientist who has this thing that Patty brought in. Patty's calling it a grabber and insists that it's called a grabber. And he found it, so he gets to name it, and he wants the money. Right. And he goes, this is one of my favorite lines. He goes, can you put it on the eBay? (laughs) That was one of my favorite lines. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I know where I I was thinking uh, Patty is from. Where's that? Uh, he's the uh, old caretaker guy that's in like every Scooby-Doo episode. That's where that character oh, yeah. is from. I, uh, okay. Now I got and it. And when you pull pull the tentacle off the monster, he's underneath it saying I'd yeah. have gotten away with it too. <laughs> uh, the doctor won't even look at O'Shea. Every time O'Shea even asks him a question, he answers Nolan right away. Um, he has an egg. He finds an egg in the thing's stomach. He can retract its tongue out. You can see it. So they're looking at it, and O'Shea decides uh, we're going to head out towards the beach and see if anyone's seen anything. Because he knew those guys were going down there to get the whales. Mm -hmm. And he gets there, and the truck is there, and nobody else. Uh So, yeah. And then the keys are. The whales, they left it in the damn truck all this time. (laughs) The whole movie. The keys are in the truck. Uh, so he's like, he couldn't have gone far. He looks up at the cottage. They go over to the cottage. They're looking around the cottage. Things seem a little bit odd. Uh, there's the belt of her bathrobe is hanging out of the chimney. And so Nolan climbs up to see what's up there. And she's pulling down the bathrobe. And a human head, her husband's head, comes rolling down. And he basically headbutts O'Shea with a disembodied head. So uh, that's got to be a disturbing way to start your day. He's so they, half drunk, so. <laughs> that's true. They take the head to the doctor and he's like, what killed him? <laughs> and the doctor's like, well, for want of a head, uh, he said, you bring me someone with a headache or a head cold and I could do something. But if you just bring me a head, you're taking the piss. <laughs> In other words, there's no way you can tell. Obviously, his head was removed. So that's why he's dead. Right. We go back to Patty's. The dogs are over here wrestling. Uh, I don't know if the mic's picking that up. But... Yeah, it, it's a casual conversation. <laughs> there you go. They go back to Patty's and find that uh, Patty's house is missing a bathtub now because the bathtub has been pulled through the wall. Patty's like global warming. It's all global warming's fault. He goes, how am I going to wash myself? Yes. He says the whole world is drowning and we don't have the gills for it. So after seeing all of this, uh, the guard I actually decide to go back to the office and they put on their uniforms. Up until now, they've just been walking around civilian clothes. But, you know, we found it. Right. They said it was Saturday. Yeah. Well, it's Saturday or Sunday. I don't remember which, but yeah. But yeah, we found a head and a bathtub and a sea monster. So I guess we should go get dressed. All they needed was like the really intense music and the montage showing them like sticking the weapons in and pulling the vests on and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The little montage. Patty figures out. uh, They they know that the things like water. They've got to be kept wet. Patty's like, there's this cave. So they decide they're going to go check out that cave. So they get on their stuff. They head down to the cave. And it's one of those crazy dangerous sea caves, the kind that, you know, when high tide comes in, it's underwater. What sea cave isn't dangerous? 
good point. So they go in and they're looking around and you have them looking on the inside and Patty looking on the outside. And on the inside, they find a raincoat belonging to one of the fishermen from the first scene of the movie. Mm-hmm. On the outside, Patty finds a whole bunch more eggs buried in the sand. And he picks one up and something inside moves and he falls over. They're in the cave and O'Shea is just like, hello, hello. And um, Nolan's like, what are you doing? And he's like, what? I'm, you know, there's someone here we should call. And then out of the recesses of the cave, just a giant pile of tentacles far bigger than anything that Patty had in his house. And so they go running out and um, they look back and the thing stops at the mouth of the cave because there's no water. Then they realize it's supposed to rain that night. So I do uh, like how they say, oh, he can't get us. And then a tentacle shoots out and gets the hat. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. They go back to the lab, and the very first thing they do is O'Shea takes a thing of gas, dumps it on top of the creature, and lights it on fire. The doctor's like, you're really Irish, aren't you? That was one of my other favorite lines. (laughs) They're like making fun of themselves, like we do with American audiences for films. (laughs) Yeah. They are Irish. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, So the sprinkler system goes off, and the water basically resuscitates the thing. Yeah, exactly. And they're all walking... Yeah, they're all walking up to beat on it, and like Lisa grabs some kind of weapon, well, and the then doctor the doctor picks up a chair. A chair. He's carrying it, and he keeps practicing. He's like thrusting it, like for practice. Lisa O'Shea, grabs a knife. O'Shea looks at him like, "What the hell?" And then Lisa grabs a knife. And he's like, "Huh?" And then he grabs a magazine. A magazine and rolls, and rolls it up. It up. <laughs> that bad got, dog. That cracked me up. I'm like, oh, this is like the best weapon right here (laughs) yeah they get close to the thing and the thing just jumps on o'shea's face just like a face hugger and he's wrestling with it and it does not like his blood because he's still hung over from the night before so they managed to get off of him and then they just stomp on it and keep stomping it and stomping it and stomping it of course it's another trope typical thing they stop the thing moves, they start stomping it some more. I mean, it, and yep. it was that angle from down below. You know, that's in I, I, how many uh, movies, Irish, British, whatever, do you have the punks or whatever that do that? You know, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, was my just favorite movie that. ever. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jesus, if we got a traffic warden and they start stomping on him, Boondock same Saints. camera angle. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So they make the connection that the alcohol must be toxic to them. And um, so they need to get people drunk and they need to test this theory. So they're going to test it on Nolan, who's never drunk before. And they go into the pub. They enlist the pub owner, the the guy who works behind the bar. And they're like, look, you know, this is a thing. So you've got to help us with this. So she gets to sit there and drink and 49 minutes into the movie, Lisa gets hammered and she will be for the entire rest of the movie until the very denouement at the end. Yeah. She drinks a lot. She's pretty drunk. And then she's trying to match what Patty had the night before because Patty's alcohol was toxic to them and she matches it from the pub. But then Patty's got uh Poutine, which is, Irish moonshine that he brewed himself. And so probably in his bathtub that he probably has. (laughs) Yeah. Now where's he going to make his poutine? Um, She downs it uh, almost falls over. They take her back. The doctor extracts some of her blood. They feed it to the thing that they've been stomping on this whole time. And it promptly dies. And as soon as it does, like everyone knows what's got to happen now. <laughs> so the bartender's like, we'll have to do shots, probably tear the arse out of it. <laughs> and she blows a point. She blows a point two, which is really drunk. Yeah. Especially she's not super big. <laughs> right. So they run down. Where are you going to find everybody? You're going to find everybody at mass. And they go to mass and they're like, we're all going to go to the pub now that you're all done. It's going to be good. And nobody's moving. And then O'Shea is like a free bar and everybody gets up. Even the priests are all like, yeah, let's go. Again, self-deprecating humor, making fun of yes. themselves. I like it. 
And like so many of these kind of British Irish movies, a whole bunch of the scenes in the pub are really just scenes of people having a good time. It's just like, you know, they're all standing around yeah. singing. They're all drinking loud and boisterous. Yes. Uh, back in the kitchen where they're being more serious, they're dividing up weapons among themselves. Uh, there's a flare gun. There's a super soaker filled with petrol. Um, they have all these different things and they're all doing shots except O'Shea, who has decided he's going to be the sober one who runs this whole thing. Yeah, now's the night to decide to dry up. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Picked a bad time to quit uh, quit heroin. And I must say, I love the super soaker with the petrol because they put a candle on the end. I'm like, that's yes. brilliant. I love that. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Oh, and uh, one of the weapons they have is a, a hurling stick, which is a, uh, it's, a it's a distinctly Irish sport. It's kind of like hockey. If instead of keeping the ball on the ice, you keep it up in the air on this stick. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, everyone's having a great time in the pub outside. You have this whole nod to every single seventies horror movie ever. Cause you have the two cops in the car. There's this romantic thing going on between them, but it's dark and it's rainy. Um, O'Shea's like, I'm not widowed. My wife just left me. And, um, you know, Nolan's like, do you want me to sort her out for you? And, you know, <laughs> they're all having, you know, a pretty nice night considering until this one guy decides he has to go pee and he goes outside to pee and he promptly ends up surrounded by bunches of these little wriggling slug like things with a giant mouth. Yeah. Um, and they're after him. And so they like stomp a bunch of them and they're like, you okay. And he's like, yeah, like, what are you doing outside? He's like, I had to pee. And while he's standing there, this giant tentacle just picks him up, pops him into this giant monster's mouth and it spits his head back out because apparently <laughs> They don't like the heads. Yeah. So Nolan and O'Shea are in their cruiser trying to fumble around and do something. They accidentally turn the lights on. The thing doesn't like the lights. It starts to beat the hell out of the cruiser. They run away. They get into the kitchen and like your typical little Irish guy, the bartender's like, I'm going to take this thing out. And he grabs his thing with a squirt gun and walks out there. You know, he's got the candle lit. It took him forever to get the candle lit. He goes to shoot at the thing. And of course the candle's out. It's pouring down rain. (laughs) It is. It's buckets of rain. They do manage to save him. They manage to get him back inside. Um, Which is more than we can say for everybody else in this movie necessarily. Somehow the word gets into the pub that there's this monster outside. Everyone panics. They're all going to go upstairs to the rooms. And while they're doing that, the British doctor decides he's going to go out and take pictures of this thing. (laughs) He's completely hammered. He's got the camera. We know it doesn't like flashing lights. And it's like, it's just an animal. You just need to talk to it. And it's funny because that's the type of stuff everybody does when they're drunk. It's like the stupidest idea. You know, this stupid, why do you want pictures with this thing? Yes. God watches over children and drunk people. And, and well, obviously not the doctor. Obviously not the doctor because the thing just takes its tentacles and whaps him and he goes flying. <laughs> yes. A very long way. But but he could be alive and they just forget all about him. That's so. true. <laughs> you know, if we're talking about things that have been omitted, I want to know where all the children are on this island. That's true. They did because all drunk. the adults are there getting hammered. Where are the kids at home? Um, so the doctor gets tossed way out there. Um, so they're sitting there and they're talking about you know what they're gonna do, and Nolan comes up with the idea of, hey, let's go to the quarry and we can take one of those cranes and grab it and just hold it up in the air until it dries out and then we can kill it. And everyone thinks this is a good idea. (laughs) Nothing (laughs) foolproof. Even O'Shea, who's supposed to be sober, thinks this is a good idea. But Um, but we're talking about all these old monster movies that they really don't have deep plots. So honestly, if you're going to do an homage to old horror movies you you want something like this you you want a kind of plot device that's like roll i roll your eyes and you know so honestly he may have done this completely on purpose which makes him even more of a genius actually it it could be 
Um, because again, it doesn't feel forced. You know, it it feels right somehow as you're watching <laughs> yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. So she needs to get the keys to the truck so they can get out to the quarry. The keys are downstairs. They arm her with a nail gun. She almost shoots somebody in the head with it, puts a nail in the wall. As anybody's ever used a nail gun knows that's not really how they work. <laughs> it is in every movie, though. In every movie, yeah. So she's walking around there, and uh, the little bloodsucker things are all over the place, just having a good time in the bar. Now, and she has this to get... scene reminded me of Gremlins uh, in the movie theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's crazy because I just watched that with Price okay. the other day. We watched Gremlins, and I was thinking about the scene in the bar where <laughs> – uh, the girls there like serving them drinks and right, stuff because right. these things are playing the jukebox yes. and they're like all over. She takes the nail gun to one of them and just like nails it directly to the bar like five times. Right. Heads into the back, into the kitchen, grabs the keys. She finds uh, Patty's bottle of Puccine and she puts it inside her pocket and a lighter. She grabs the lighter. Um, then the tentacles smash in the door and come reaching for her. And as they're dragging her across, she grabs a butcher's knife as she goes past the block and starts hacking on it. And it lets her go. And she's sitting there looking worried. She's pretty good for being so drunk. She absolutely is. However, she does manage to accidentally catch the downstairs part of the bar on fire. She's pretty good. Not perfect. <laughs> right. Um, they come to the conclusion that the main reason this thing is here is because, uh, O'Shea still smells like the female. And so he's what it's after. So he climbs out a window trying to get out to save everybody in town. And from around the corner of the pub comes this flying pickup truck being driven by no other than the drunken guard of Nolan. And she does an amazing 180. He drops in the bed of the truck and they take off heading for the quarry and the monster pursues and the monster pursues in this amazing way. It just rolls. Yeah. Which makes all kinds of sense. It's just a ball of tentacles. Just yeah. roll along. It, and it's, it's good. Yeah. It's doing a good job keeping up with the truck. There, there was one thing in there uh, somewhere. Uh, uh, O'Shea gets one of them stuck to him and he's beating himself with a shovel. I marked that down. I like smacking yourself in the face with the shovel. That's another, yeah. you know, uh, she drops him off. He, jumps across this chasm uh he's over there next to the center shack and below them are giant uh barrels of explosives you know like any video game if you see barrels shoot them they're gonna blow up and he's standing there and he says what are you waiting for come on come and get me which is an exact quote of arnold schwarzenegger from predator like right. word for word and he's almost in the same thing he's like laying there yeah. yeah, he's setting him. He's setting this trap. He's like, "Come on, come get me!" Well, he fails to remember that this thing has a tongue that can shoot way out a very long distance, which it does. It snags him and pulls him off the ledges on, and he falls down into the pit with the explosives. He seems perfectly willing to blow himself up if he could just get the thing down in the pit. Yep. And here comes drunken guard Nolan. Um, in an homage to Aliens 2, when Riley puts on the yeah. big hydraulic suit, she's coming along with a backhoe, and she just smashes into the thing <laughs> and falls into the pit with the backhoe, pinning the thing to the bottom of the pit. Uh, now, if she had really done that, can you imagine riding a backhoe over the cliff? <laughs> I mean, no. Geez, oh, man. <laughs> no. To be honest, if you've never worked with that gear, you can't even get them started. That's true. Since you were drunk, <laughs> it's very drunk. It's not like you turn a key. <laughs> I mean, you do turn a key, but there's a lot of other stuff going on there. Right. So the thing is pinned down there. Um, and uh, O'Shea gets up and climbs up and he climbs out and they're having a moment between the two of them. And all of a sudden, this tentacle comes up. It's still pinned under the backhoe, but it's got these tentacles. Right. It grabs him by the leg and pulls him over. He's now, dangling. Right there, that, that's another, like, if you're going to have this romantic moment, you want to kiss her. Why do it two feet from the pit where you just trap the beast? Get the hell oh, yeah. out of there. <laughs> so those kind of things. Um, I think in the next movie, I, I'm yelling at the screen, clear the room. 
clear the room <laughs> before you do anything else. Make sure you're alone in the space. You know, before you kiss the girl, make sure the beastie's dead. Right. So he's dangling over its mouth. She's freaking out. Um, and he pulls out the poutine, pops the lid off, and pours it down its throat. Slancha. And the, the thing, like, throws him away because it can't stand him. She gets up and pulls out the gun and flare gun and shoots the barrels and the thing blows up. Yep. <laughs> Lisa the hero. Part three. She saved the day. <laughs> yeah. It, it, like I said, the whole storyline is almost contrived. It, it's, you know, the typical what's been in a million other movies. But again, it's exactly what it needs. If they had done yeah. anything else, it wouldn't have been as great. Yeah, it's it's an homage. It's yep. it's not a stereotype. Yeah. Um, you get to the denouement now, and the bartender comes out. He's got a fire extinguisher in his hand. You can see this fire damage downstairs. He sits down next to Patty. He's like, "Fancy a drink?" And Patty, so they're going to go off and drink Patty's poutine. Um, and then Nolan and O'Shea are walking back, and they share a kiss, and they're walking through the lovely countryside. And then, of course. You get a scene of the beach and the waves washing up and hey, look, it's more eggs. So yeah. oh, I forgot all about those. <laughs> if he really wanted to make a sequel, he could. But considering how little he made off of the first one, I don't know that yeah. you know he yeah. would. But uh that was that was pretty much that, that's pretty much the movie for you. Um again, it was just this a guy who loved old horror movies and this is just the way that he tips his hat to all of them the music in this movie almost all of it is performed by the same four irish guys um you know they're doing whiskey in the jar they're doing the irish rover doing all these famous the only song that was not um is bopalina which is one on the jukebox and that's performed by ronnie self but Everything else, yeah, I did like the all music. Just... Uh, I mean, it's a nice change of pace to get that uh, Irish f- folk tunes uh, done with just you know the flute or tin whistle or whatever they're using. Uh, you know, it was nice to have something different like that. And as far as visitors go, I guess the knee-jerk reaction would be this is an alien visitor, right? Yeah. But my whole thought was that the town visits the pub. That's true. Every... And Nolan's visiting the town. And no one's visiting the island. That's right. This works on so many levels. Because, right. uh, you know, we go for the deep. We do. Like well, sometimes we do, but this one was not it. Yeah. Uh, it was a very enjoyable, fun film. This is one of those kind of movies, you know, like I was saying, I'm going to go down and record a podcast with Steve. And Randon's like, well, what are you doing? I'm like, grab her. She's like, I don't think I've seen that. I'm like, anytime you want to watch it. Yeah. This is this is pretty much acceptable for just about everybody. I was going to say the same thing. This is even, I mean, if you're, you got not super little kids, but kids interested in horror movies, this is not terrible. Uh, yeah, there's nope. some blood and gore a little, and the aliens might be a little scary. So judge for yourself. But, you know, I probably would have sat down and watched this with my kids in seven, eight years old, maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have what, two heads get spit out yeah. over the course of the entire thing. You never see the bodies. Uh, you know, which is far more gruesome. Uh, swear words are few and far between. And when they are, they're either foreign or said with a foreign accent, which makes them harder to understand. Right. The whole movie has that lighthearted feel. So it, it, it does. counteracts any of the violence and gore and stuff. So, yeah. You mentioned Gremlins. Um, when I rewatched it with Bryce the other day, I'm like, this is a really violent freaking movie. Like the mom <laughs> goes into the kitchen and kills four of them. Like, outright well the, the, the dad died in the chimney and they talk about that too <laughs> yeah we're like well that's a pretty dark movie i don't think this is that dark of a movie no. compared to gremlins no well when you have a movie based on let's get drunk to kill the aliens just that premise you, you're not yeah. going into it thinking it's a freddy krueger movie <laughs> right yeah yeah so well that was grabbers as grabbers that was a fun one good one so we'll add that to the list of one for family favorites sure absolutely (laughs) um yeah yeah even the other funny light-hearted ones from last season had objectionable stuff in them yeah a little bit more so what's the next one on the list the next one is the den, the den. and that is someone who visits a website 
Oh. So uh, a very, a very different, uh, different take. It falls into its own category of film um, and it's an American film. So, you know, everyone, everyone can get off me about only doing foreign films (laughs) because we've had so many people hammering about that. People constantly (laughs) yelling at me about this. I'm walking down the street. They're like, do some American films. We need something different so we can make fun of ourselves just like they were making fun of themselves in this movie exactly all right man so there's grabbers good another good one season two on its way awesome the creature slips from perception pay attention it will rise again